Hi, welcome to the actual first episode filmed. I mean, oh my god, I fucked up and I already started. Hi. <laughs> this is being filmed, but I'm so bad at it that you never get to see me. I try so hard. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You can't hear me, can't you? <laughs> it's funny because it's a podcast. Um, this is the first episode of my podcast that's being recorded in 2020. And um, it feels right and it feels exciting and it feels like so much pressure on me but I think we're gonna make I think we're gonna be fine um I go I mean I said everything right it's a beautiful sunny day outside I posted it on my insta if you want to see it I um I went for a coffee run so I got some coffee in this vegan place they make such strong coffee like I just don't understand maybe it's because I mean vegan people they don't get as many proteins as people who eat meat, so they need to stay awake, and that's why the coffee is so strong. Am I into something? Am I into something? Did I figure it out? I don't know. But, um, I mean, I always get, like, some sandwiches when I'm there because I want to explore the vegan cuisine. I think um, some recipes are so interesting and the flavors that they can come up with. Fascinating. So I get there, and um, there's, like, different kinds of sandwiches, and I've already tried one of them. It was great. Um, so I wanted to try a different one. There was one that was labeled tuna, and I didn't think anything about it. Because I was like, oh, tuna is not meat, but tuna is a fish. So um, when I asked what the sandwiches were, I never do that anywhere. I'm the kind of person who's like, the description there is clear. I don't have to ask anything about it. Like, I'm not going to bother anybody. I'm not worthy of any kind of um, extra information. But uh, in this place, I always wonder because it's not very clear. And um, she explains to me kind of what it is. So I asked her, um, what are the sandwiches that you have available? And um, she said that um sorry someone wrote in my group I see I put it on silent so you cannot actually hear it this time I learn people 2020 is the year of learning year of healing anyway I'm gonna drink some coffee from the vegan place it was really strong I might make a a noise but I'm fine okay oh mama so anyway and then she's describing the sandwiches and then she goes this is a tuna sandwich and then she does air quotes and I'm like I mean, it sounds like with capers, like it's not a fucking delicious, but I was wondering, firstly, the air quotes tell me that's not really tuna. Second of all, what is it? Because in vegan cuisine, they're just trying to, you know, get people to connect vegan flavors and recipes with like already established recipes that people love so that you don't feel that you're missing out on anything. But what is it? She didn't explain to me what the tuna was because I know it's not fucking tuna. So what is it? I will never know. She did those air quotes and those were the most disturbing slash mysterious air quotes I've ever I've ever seen in such a concept, uh, consent, cons, in such a content, in such a con, fuck my life. So 2020 is a year where I cannot come up with words and uh, the podcast is over. Um... <laughs> context that's the word I was looking for oh my god guys I'm getting old I turned oh I forgot to tell you I had my birthday I'm, oh my god it's my birthday um and I turned 24 what do you how my god I am so old oh my god I'm G no I don't mind being 24 I actually need it <laughs> wait let me drink a bit more coffee <laughs> I needed to turn 24 I think because I was getting a bit too crazy Oh, I just bumped the microphone. I'm sorry if you heard it. I was going a bit crazy and I needed to turn 24 to be like, right, 
write, all right, sit down, figure out what you want. Um, anyway, yeah, so, um, I'm glad I turned 24, I wanted to turn 24, I'm so glad I got, I got to turn 24, not any other number, I mean, so lucky. Anyway, I haven't even started to talk about the movie we're gonna review today, we're gonna review the movie, um, Pain and Glory, or in Spanish, Dolor y Gloria, I'm really proud, because it's a Spanish movie, who's been nominated uh, for the category of international film, for the 92nd um, Oscars awards that are coming in February. I did an episode about the Oscars nominations and what you need to know, kind of basically. So you can listen to that at pretend uh, parties that you know what every movie is about. So basically, uh, Dolor y Gloria is directed and written by Pedro Almodóvar. Pedro Almodóvar, it's a famous director, not only in Spain. He has been internationally awarded with many... Oh, my God with many different awards, like, all over the place. I I don't know if he's, already, if he's already won an Oscar, but I'm pretty sure he won, like, you know, those American kind of awards. One of his most known um, movies is Mujeres al Borde de un Ataque de Nervios, which is, like, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, which is as funny as it seems, and it sounds, and it's really Spanish, and I recommend you watch it. It's from the 1988. He already, he also wrote and directed that one. Then... Um, most of his song and movies are very, there were this hip thing in the 80s. So you're going to see that influence in Pain and Glory as well, which I think is really um, interesting. So he started making movies in the 70s, kind of, but his big ass, you know, time was in the 80s, like I mentioned, like with a woman on the nervous, on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Then you have like, Volver, who came later, Volver was from 2006, that was another big hit that made it internationally as well with Penelope Cruz starring on it, so um, Penelope Cruz is his muse, kind of, and Antonio Banderas was kind of uh, his muse, male muse, I don't know if it's a different term, but you know, but they fell apart, they had a bit of a discussion, but they're friends now, they work again. There's a bit of drama, but they're friends now, as you can see, obviously, because in Dolor y Gloria, the protagonist is played by Antonio Banderas, and uh, Penelope Cruz is in it, playing the mother of Antonio Banderas, back when he was younger, obviously. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about the movie a little bit. The actual official synopsis on IMDb says, A film director reflects on the choices he's made as past and present come crashing down around him. It's written, like I say, by Pedro Almodóvar um, and directed as well. And it stars Antonio Banderas, Asier Exendia, Leonardo Spararac. Oh my God, it's Spanish. Well, it's different regions of Spain, so it's not really easy to pronounce for me. But And I cannot even pronounce this. Leonardo Sparaglia, Nora Novas, Julieta Serrano, which is already, um, she's worked with, uh, Almodovar a few times, also in Woman on the, Ner um, on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and she plays Antonio Banderas' mother in this film, like the um, elder version of her, and actually, funny enough, in uh, The Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, she plays also her his mother, which is funny, like in the 80s, back in the 80s, which I think is kind of cute. Then we have Cesar Vicente, Asier Flores, who plays a younger version of Antonio Banderas, Penelope Cruz, as you said, um, as I said. You didn't say anything. I didn't hear you say anything. And then we have Cecilia Roth, Susie Sanchez, uh, 
Raul Arevalo, who's also an, an actor as usually, does little cameos or um, roles for um, Almodóvar as well in many of his films. Pedro Casablanc, Julian López, anyway, a bunch of them. Um, there's, I think mostly they're Spanish, but then um, I think Cecilia Roth is, I don't know, there's a um, South American actress somewhere, I don't remember her actual character name so I cannot connect it with the actress I think is Susie Sanchez um but yeah she's South American but I think it's pretty cool because the film industry with the Spanish people and South American people we are we work a lot together so I think it's pretty cool that they include them as well we're not the same I hate when people get us mixed up I'm not South American I'm not Latina in a way, I'm Hispan, like I'm Hispanic. I think that's the correct term. And there was this whole uh, problem with Antonio Banderas because they claimed he was one of the first men of color to be nominated for an Oscar. Uh, but he's not a man of color, he's Spanish. And it's technically, I mean, it depends on everybody's heritage, I think. But I think in his case, he's white because obviously his ancestors were conquistadors. So they came from Europe, you know what I mean? But I guess, I don't know, they said... Like they reject, like they retracted it. So he's not a man of color. Antonio Banderas is not. So he's, um, they fixed that. Now you know that Spanish people are not people of color. But South American people, I think, can be considered people of color. You know, it's kind of confusing. I'm sure everybody has a different definition of it. Um, but, you know, you live and you learn. Um, so anyway, this has 7.7 stars on IMDb. And it, it's looking pretty good. I watched it on a plane, actually. I was uh, on my way to go to London. I'm back in London. I was home and I'm here. <laughs> Duh. But I'm going to be moving soon. Um, where? Don't ask me because I don't know. So if anybody's interested in having a room in London with amazing people, amazing housemates, amazing energy, and uh, fucking, I mean, fucking crazy, beautiful, lovable human beings around you, then uh, contact me on Instagram. Uh, I'll give the handles later. My personal account is at Sarcastic Dimples. So if you want, in, you're interested in the room, let me know because these people are amazing and they deserve the best roommate ever. Anyway, let's not get sentimental. So I'm going to be moving out, but I watched this on my way here and my dad hates Antonio Banderas. Antonio, if you're listening to this, lo siento, pero I don't know why he hates you. But when I told him you uh, you were nominated, I'm not talking to Antonio anymore. When I told him that he was nominated for an award, he wasn't happy. But, I mean, at the same time, he doesn't care. So, you know, um, that's it. So, anyway, I watched it on the plane. And it was really cool to watch on a plane. The time went by so quickly. Um, I love the movie. I really, I really did. And it wasn't, um, like, I'm not trying to critique anything. But I am a film, an amateur film critiquer. So, I watched um, another Almodovar film that I had watched other than Volver and Woman on the Ner Nerve of the... Blah, 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 on the verge of a nervous breakdown was Amantes Pasajeros. And I watched that in the cinema. And let me tell you something. That was not a good film. <laughs> I just didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. And I went to the cinema to watch it and I didn't like it at all. Um, it's from 2013 and the English title is no idea no idea but it wasn't good okay it wasn't good I didn't like it at all it's funny there's a few funny moments um but I didn't like it it's not as well um 
reviewed as well. So it wasn't a very good impression to have on Almodovar. So I didn't know what to expect when I watched this movie, but it started gorgeously. Um, I made a few notes, obviously, when I was watching the film. But you can obviously tell um, I have a hair in my throat. Don't you hate it? Don't you hate it when my hair is stuck in your throat? I got it. Um, basically, the movie, it's just a bunch of 80s nostalgia moments, either with haircuts, with outfits, with uh, in, insider decoration, um, and then a bunch of Spanish folklore mixed with aesthetically pleasing landscapes and natural light everywhere, um, which is kind of a contrast with the super, like, with the artificial aspect of the 80s which is the thing that's really prominent in the film because uh, Antonio Banderas uh, Antonio Banderas because Almodovar's see I always mix them up because Almodovar um, was really active in the 80s and this movie is actually kind of an autobiography and he said that plain he said that he did inspire himself on his childhood and his um, homosexuality and him being a director because I mean as I said, reading the synopsis, Antonio Andres is a film director, so, you know. And you can really see the similarities. And when he plays um, Antonio, what's the, Salvador Mayo is the character's name that Antonio Andres plays. So Salvador Mayo is the director. You can really tell there's some hints of um, Almodovar in them. If you know Almodovar, I mean. But you can tell, he kind of looks like him. Kind of this rugged look with a little bit of uh, salt and pepper hair and beard. And the outfits and the style and the way of behaving. I think they did a very good job because it's really subtle. But you can tell that it's definitely autobiog autobiographic. Autobiographic? That sounds something different. So he inspired himself on his own life. That's what I'm fucking saying. Okay, you get it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I was really happy. I would watch it again 100% very gladly. And I really wasn't expecting how much I liked it. Penelope looks stunning. And what I liked is she's not wearing that much makeup. To be fair, she's playing a mother in this um, very rustic Spanish Catholic village. So she's not supposed to look as gorgeous as she does in Volver or any other movies that she does. She still looks gorgeous, to be fair. The, like the dresses that she's wearing and everybody and her hair and oh my God, her freckles is everything I ever want. I hope when I'm old, older, I get to look like Penelope Cruz. And they were eating pan con chocolate, which was gorgeous because my dad used to eat that when he was little. It was just get a loaf of bread, you open it, and then you put like a chocolate bar in the middle, like a basic chocolate milk chocolate bar in the middle. And that would be dinner or that would be, you know, snack or breakfast. So I thought, you know, those little hints that only Spanish people can no, or someone who's familiar with the, you know, Spanish or different regions of Spain can appreciate, and I really like that. Um, I'm not going to give any more details because I think that goes into the spoiler territory, but I wasn't expecting many things about this film, but I, I'm not mad about them. I'll talk about them in the spoiler zone, but I would, I think I would give it gladly uh, seven stars, 7.5 stars out of 10 I really enjoyed it and I would watch it again definitely and it was very creative and I loved it yeah I guess that's it it's very different from Almodovar because it's really 
there's not much happening in the film. Um, I don't know. It's it takes its time. It enjoys itself. I really like that. I really enjoy the flashbacks. Obviously, you know that because Penelope Cruz plays the mother, and also this older woman does. So you can see um, that there is obviously flashbacks involved. But it's not a spoiler, okay? So anyway, I'm gonna go into the spoilers. So I'm gonna drink more coffee and gonna get my thoughts straight because I want to talk about this movie because I really loved it, and I might get some trivia in it, but I cannot share it now because there might be spoilers. So, um. Let's go and dive into it. Let's see what's happening. What's happening? And let's see what I thought about it. Like, for real, with everything, with, like, hair, unshaven, unclean, raw movie. You know, the spoilers are the hairs and the, you know, dirt. That's what I want to talk about, about the dirt. Mm, give it to me. Why do I make these decisions of talking in those kind of metaphors, I wonder? I guess I'll never learn. Anyway, I'll see you in the spoiler zone now. Let's... Hi, welcome to the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone, I haven't come up with a theme song yet. Um, Let's ignore the fact that I started this podcast talking about vegan tuna sandwiches. Also, if someone knows what those that tuna is, please let me know. Um, Spoiler zone, bitch. I can say whatever the fuck I want, and that means I'm cursing for whatever reason. Welcome, Dolori Gloria. Fuck me up. Listen. First of all, I just want to talk about the green leather jacket that Antonio Banderas is wearing in the film because oh my god that shit is good I need it mm-hmm. also I love the ending can we talk about the ending that was so meta oh my god um anyway so we know we you and I listener and me know that this movie is round like it comes full circle and I really I'm glad that it did I was really scared in the middle because when they were like, oh, we found something, he's been choking while he, you know, he cannot swallow every, like, anything, we're scared he has something on his throat, I was like, oh, fuck me, I don't want him to have cancer, I don't, like, okay, sure, and now we have to deal with that, so this movie's getting hijacked by a disease, I thought this was about creative, you know, rediscovery, and about auto-fiction and all that, Um, so I was kind of pissed when that happened, I was like, please don't let him get sick and die, (laughs) please, mm, please, um, so he didn't, so he didn't get sick and die, he had a surgery, he got better, and he kept fucking going, bitch, yes, we got a fighter, why am I cruising so much, is it the coffee, you think, is it the vegan coffee, um, I really think that this is one of the most aesthetically pleasing Almodovar films that he's done, he always does very athletic, athletically, I don't think so, aesthetically pleasing films, but this one with the, the credits are, uh, like it catches your attention immediately and I'm kind of interested in looking for the like the background art to have it as my phone background or like wallpaper because it was really gorgeous um and Rosalia I mean hello that voice good acting like I love how they're picturing like normal looking Spanish women I mean those are beauty- beautiful beautiful women that's not how all Spanish women look not everybody looks as gorgeous as me <laughs> says um the woman with um, pajamas in her. I'm actually not wearing pajamas this time, by the way. I'm wearing jeans. I'm a professional. Okay, shut up. Um, and when the listen, when the boys started singing, when the kids started singing, I was like, I wrote, "El niño canta de verdad." Fuck my life, because I was watching a movie in Spanish, so the notes are in Spanish. I'm sorry. Je suis très désolé. Um, 
And then there was this part where he was explaining to you how his kind of life turned out or what kind of diseases or kind of afflictions he's been suffering through the school subjects that he had missed. And that was so creative storytelling. I really loved it when he was like biology or anatomy. I discovered that this because I got this and this in my in my older years, this and this and geography because I was traveling from this and this. That was really fucking clever storytelling. I was really surprised by that. Um, I just somehow the script is just really clever. Um, I also wrote that the influence of the 80s is really clear. And I think Almodovar just feels very comfortable in it. Those were his um, his peak year, years, decade. Um, so it makes sense that he brings it back and again. And it, like it suits his aesthetic altogether very well. So, you know. Um, I wrote his dark brown eyes because Antonio Anderas is wearing such um, colors, you know, like the wardrobe department did a, such a good job because he they did not only include the 80s, you know, feel of it all, but they also made his eyes just stand up so much because they use like dark color for like mm, what's that called like jewel tones which always help with dark brown eyes brown eyes by the way that's me i have dark brown eyes so i know what i'm talking about like dark green dark blue dark red any of that is gonna do wonders for your eyes so you know write it down also i didn't know asiatic sandia from anything else before he's the guy who plays um the actor um the character's name is let me wait i have it open but i just somehow um alberto crespo so he plays this heroin addicted actor he's actually listen to me Google him right now. What are you doing? You're not Googling him. Stop listening to my podcast. It's not that important. Just Google him. Mama Mia. Have you seen that guy? Like with like short hair? Like fuck me up. My dude. Oh my God. Whoo, mama. So in the film, he looks a bit different than what he actually looks like. With short hair. Dios Dios mio. I señora. I didn't know he looked that good. Like, what are we going to do about this man? Like, who are we going to have to call about him? Are we going to call someone? Anyway, um, he's been in the show Velvet, which was a really popular show um, in Spain. Then he was in the movie Mama, which uh, was from 2015, and with Penelope Cruz in it. Then he was in... I'm just reading, like, the last... He has a bunch of stuff coming. Oh, Velvet Collection is coming up, and that, apparently that's, like, the the new version of Velvet. I didn't know that. Then he's been in La Novia, which is a movie from 2015. Musarañas from 2014. Por Siempre Jamón, which is like a short. Uh, Amares Para Siempre, which was, is a telenovela kind of, that's, that my gra grandparents used to watch from 2013. Good for them. Good for him. Los Hombres de Paco from 2019 and 2010. I mean, yes, um, those are very iconic Spanish projects of television. So I'm really proud that he made it to the big screen and the Oscars. And also he's gorgeous. Like, have you Googled it? Are you ignoring me? You're listening to my podcast. I make the fucking rules. Okay. My God, his nose is so gorgeous. You know that I'm a nose girl. <laughs> that term was invented by me. Nose girl TM. You know how boys are like, I'm a boob guy. Like, I mean, in that horrible, stereotypical, um, toxic masculinity moment, I'm a, I'm a, are you an ass dude or a boobs guy? And the guy's like, I'm an ass dude. 
and I am a Noah's girl, <laughs> and I am a Noah's girl, and this is my story. Um, uh, anyway, let's forget about that. He did an amazing job. So he's the one who's um obsessed with. I mean, he's at- attached. He's what's it called? I don't even süchtig. What is it in German? So what's what's it in Spanish? He's addicted. Thank you so much. He's addicted to cocaine. No, it's not cocaine. Sorry, heroin. Caballo, they call it. I've never heard that one before. Caballo means um horse in Spanish. Is that a thing? I didn't know that. I'm not familiar with hard drugs. I'm high on life, baby, and vegan coffee. So he's um addicted to heroin, and somehow he keeps acting the shit out of himself and he's a very good actor even though he's um on heroin makes you think what else he could do if he wasn't but you know Antonio Banderas gets addicted to heroin because of him or he just you know he's like fuck it fuck my life I'll do it I'm in so much pain I need to um get some I bombed the microphone again my god I need some relief and he gets addicted to it which I thought was kind of unnecessary but I think that's what brings back the flashbacks and makes him kind of um think about his life and gets him to write again and get creative so i think that is kind of nice but kids drugs do not make you feel like do not make you more creative drugs do not solve your writer's block okay they don't after years of um job unemployment they don't bring you back into the field (laughs) don't follow this guy's advice um then we have mercedes is um played by nora navas she has this horrible haircut in the film poor girl but she's it's very 80s this dyed hair and this haircut and she's the manager or the caregiver or in a way old friend of salvador mayo and she takes care of him which is really nice so she did also a very good job and then oh my god cesar vicente is the one who plays the hot um hot builder and you see him naked <laughs> and i was in the i was in the airplane and obviously i had my dad next to me which great but then i was freaking out because i didn't know they were going to show a penis they were going to show a penis so i wrote the young man is so handsome fuck me up is that how man used to shower back in the day because he's just showering naked with a bucket and then i wrote i'm gonna need a time machine and then i wrote that guy is completely naked I see his penis. Sorry, I'm usually very respectful, but I somehow cannot deal with it all. That is all on my notes on the airplane when I was watching this. I'm funny even when I'm not trying, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I don't I don't want to objectify anybody. It just caught me by surprise. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Cesar Vicente. I'm sure you're a. I mean, he's it was he was a good act. It was good acting. It's just his penis caught me by surprise. Okay. Sometimes penises caught you by surprise. Sometimes they're consensual. Sometimes they're not. <sighs> you gotta learn the difference. You gotta learn how to report it. Wow, that took a turn. But really though, um, the film really, it's all about autofictions because in the film they also mentioned that he's like, he's playing, he's toying with the idea of actually writing the script and then he has a conversation with his mother and the mother's like, I don't want you to write about my friends from the village because they don't want to be written about. They don't want to be in your film. And they're like, what? And he's like, well, I always treat them with such respect. And she's like, they don't want to be in your film. Um, I know about autofiction. He's like, what the fuck do you know about that? And she's like, I watch TV. I've seen your interviews. So it, come, it kind of is like a meta version of autofiction because they talk about autofiction in the film, which at the same time is autofiction of the actual director. So at the end, when you see 
that all the flashbacks you've been seeing are actually the project that he's working on based on his childhood, it goes full circle. And that's why he said that the movie is round. It all gets tied up together somehow. And throughout the whole thing, you get these creative visuals, which I think they're great and they're so charming. And somehow you don't want to leave this story. Yes, he's struggling and he's addicted to drugs and he's in pain most of the time. And then you get this little love story with his friend, Federico, who is played by Leonardo Sbaraglia. Oh, he's the one who's from Argentina. Okay. Um, he also gorgeous looking man and very charming. And oh my God, that love story just broke my heart. And the acting was, I don't know, they had such great chemistry. He looks like such a caring man. And he did an amazing job. So you have that little love affair there in the middle. And then, oh my god, the painting. There's so many elements to this film who are so wholesome. And you're so glad that it ends up okay and that he doesn't have a tumor. And that he finds the painting that um, Eduardo did for him. And that it goes for, like, it just, everything gets tied up together. Nothing is there without a reason. And I think that's great. And I think that's lovely. And there are not that many films who actually feel very round. There are not many films who actually, you know, they're kind of like, they're not ashamed to be a little bit cheesy. They're not ashamed to, you know, be like, yeah, yeah, he fucking found that painting after all these years. Fuck it. I'm playing with your emotions. You want to come for me, bitch? Um, so I think it's nice that Moldova didn't shame away from being a little bit cheesy to tie up all the knots because it, it was all significant and it all meant for him a lot. Um, he has said that he never fell in love or never had this thing going on with a builder from his village. Um, he, I mean, he understands why that could happen, but that was actual fiction. Um but there are many things that has been that have been taken from his actual life. So that is true. That part is true. And which I think it it brings so much more to the film. It doesn't. It's now. It's not only about the film. It comes with the context of the director and his previous history. It's like when you see Van Gogh's painting, and you see, well, that's pretty fucking good. But what makes a painting so valuable is the story of the painter. You know, and um, what he had to do to get there and how he ended up and or how these paintings have been discovered after all these years. So I think Dolores Gloria is I'm I'm gonna say it's a masterpiece. I'm kind of exaggerating. I mean it's yeah, I mean it's kind of like a masterpiece where there's so much of the director in it that you cannot ignore it because it comes with the film. It's a full package. So it makes it even more greater. And you can ignore it either when you see it. I didn't know much about Amalovar, but it's very clear when you watch the film what it's, you know, what's happening. And I think it is basically like an like a painting. It comes with the story of the creator, of the painter, of the director in this case. And I think it comes hand in hand. And I think that's one of the most um valuable and uh, brave things you can do as a director, to be fair. Um, yes, by the way, there's a little cameo of his brother and producer who plays the priest, if you were, um, if you want a little trivia, you know, but, um, yeah, I just thought that it's an, like an added value. Sometimes directors stay behind the camera and they don't, you know, they do their thing and that's great, but if they put their own, because he wrote it, you know what I mean? So he's so much all over the film, obviously it's his film. Um, so you cannot ignore it. And I think that's great. And I think it made the movie even greater. I think this movie made by someone else it wouldn't have had the same impact. And I think 
that's what makes this movie so right and uh, so great for the academy awards 90 and 90 second thank you for coming to my ted talk um i haven't seen other projects i've mentioned that in the um oscar episode so maybe maybe it is as good Maybe there are even better films out there. So I don't know. But I like this one. It's Spain. I love it. Little traditions that I recognize. I could watch it in my language, which I have. I haven't seen a Spanish film in so long. Um, so it's always nice to see some quality content. Um, and yeah, I really loved it. It was so good. This film, this episode might be a bit short, but it's just, um, there's, it's very to the point. I loved it. Altogether, it's a great film. I recommend everybody watch it. It's really easy to watch. It's not harder. Like, it's not hard content on it. Other than the drug abuse, um, which um, Moldovar did a little bit of drugs. A little bit. Just a tiny, just a sprinkle. But he used to do cocaine back in the day. He didn't do heroin, which um, it's kind of not the same as in the film, but it's very similar. Close enough. Um, and then the film is called El Deseo, I think. Or El Sabor, and then his production company is called El Deseo. And I think the final project that Salvador Mayo is working on is called El Deseo or something about El Deseo. So there are so many similarities you cannot really ignore. That's the beauty of it, I think. Anyway, um, that's what I think about the film. I think it was great. Um, you go watch it, it's really easy to watch. It's not very hard. That's what she said. Or he said, 2020, you never fucking know. Um, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to try and get through many Oscars um, winning movies as I can. I want to watch 1917. I might go on Thursday uh, or before that. We'll see. Um, if you're interested in The Room for London, please hit me up. The people, Maybe the people who are abroad, because I know some of you guys are like in America. Most of you guys are from America. Um, the people in America, maybe you guys want to come over here. <laughs> I have a room. I have an American living with me. You can, 100%. He's really nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's people from all over the world listening to me. That sounds really, like, angibated. That sounds really, like, <laughs> but no, I really mean it. There's actually, it depends on the episode, but you guys are from all over the place. You guys are all over the place. You guys have to focus. Where are you guys from? Man, make up your minds. What continent? <laughs> um, so if you want a room, it's here. I'm here. I'll be your host for the evening. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you want to write me, uh, let me know what you thought about Pain and Glory. Dolor y Gloria, you know? Uh, or how do I get that green leather jacket that he's wearing? Because fuck me up. Um, just write me um, on Instagram at Sarcastic Dimples for my uh, personal account or at Ruby Without a Podcast. Or if you want to write me an email, you can also write me an email. Do you want to write me an email? Do you think you want to? You're not sure? You don't answer? Well, that's kind of rude. You know what? I don't want you to write me an email. Um, no, if you want to write me an email, you can write me at reviewwithoutacause at gmail.com. Or if you want to sponsor me on Patreon, you can. <laughs> Patreon.com slash reviewwithoutacause. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, that's it. I'll keep you updated. I don't know if you care about my future because I want to know. So uh, we'll see what the fuck happens, okay? Let's see if I can make a living out of this shit. I don't think I can, but it's fun anyway. And it's fun anyway. I like to curse out loud. And I like to get vegan coffee. What am I going to do with all the energy I've been gathering? I don't know. I'm going to try the... I, I ended up getting the falafel sandwich. Why am I telling you this? <laughs> if you take 
if you gather something from this episode, it's not about like auto fiction or how much a contribution of a director can put into a work of um, art or how the director can make a feel like a normal film and the history of the director adds like value to a film making it a work of art. That's not what you learned this episode of Rubia Without a Cost. What you learned is that I got a falafel sandwich and that vegan tuna is still a mystery to us all. Thank you so much for listening and um, you'll listen to me eventually. Don't be cringy. Don't be clingy. Sorry. Don't be clingy. Stay off. My God. When I'm ready, I'm ready, okay? Okay. Bye. I love you.